If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest mentor of the week is publicity expert Joan Stewart, who frequently ranks number one for free publicity on Google. She works with business owners, nonprofits, and organizations that need to use free publicity in traditional media and online visibility in social media to establish their credibility, enhance their reputation, position themselves as experts, sell more products and services, and promote their favorite cause or issue without an expensive publicist. For almost two decades under the Publicity Hound brand, she has trained and coached thousands of CEOs and business owners, nonprofit executives, PR staff, agency staff, publicists, marketing directors, authors, speakers, and experts via live events, online training, consulting, and the Publicity Hound Mentor Program. Stuart, a former newspaper editor, is the author of 10 ebooks on publicity and PR and has contributed to more than 60 books on publicity, PR, marketing, small business, book publishing, and social media. Wow. So without further ado, get ready for some great media marketing ideas from the expert and my colleague, Joan Stewart. Welcome to the show, Joan. It's great to be here, Susan. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Good. Well, you know, you have got this reputation, this publicity hound reputation. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this before. You're seen everywhere. I know that I've seen you, I don't know, countless times. How do you do it? What's your secret? Oh, well, I've been at this for about 17 years, and if my name wasn't everywhere, I would be doing something wrong. (laughs) So let me share just a couple of things that authors listening to this can learn. If you Google the keyword phrase publicity expert, I would bet you that I am at least in one of the top positions on Google. And if it's a good day, I'm in three positions on page one of Google. So determine what keyword phrase you want to come up first for on Google. And I recommend it not be your first and last name and it not be your company name because people are going to be Googling you. They're not going to know who you are and they're not going to know the name of your company, but they're going to be typing in keywords and keyword phrases for the kinds of books or expertise or consulting that they're looking for. So decide what you want to be known for and then work really hard to incorporate those keyword phrases into everything that you do. That's great advice. And it's interesting because many of the authors who I work with, Joan, you know, the first question I ask them, who is that niche market? Who is their target? Because many of them think their book is for everyone. 
And as you know as well as I, it's very hard to sell or, you know, publicize to everyone. So, yeah, I love that. Knowing exactly what it is that you're selling and to whom is great. And Susan, I am so with you on that. And I tell authors that even if you have a really narrow niche, that's okay. It's a lot easier to penetrate that niche and to become a great big fish in a little pond than it is to become a great big fish in a gigantic pond that incorporates the entire world. That's impossible. I've heard my own words said by you, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, Joan, as you know, many authors dream of having a best-selling book, but why do you think so many of them actually fail to reach that goal? Well, for a couple of reasons, and we just discussed the first one. They have no clue who their target market is, or they are unwilling to market to a tight niche. That's the first reason. I think the second reason is because they are not consistent in marketing the book. They will have a launch, let's say, on March 15th, and if they are not a bestseller by May 15th, they give up and they go on and start to write the second book. I get this question a lot. For how long do I need to market my book? And my answer is very simple. Only for as long as you want to sell it. Great answer. That's a great answer. Yes, I mean, I also get this a lot. In fact, I've just recently done a survey of my authors to find out what is their biggest marketing challenge. And it's always time, money, and not being able to do it. And I think most of all, it really is they don't have a strategy of how they're going to do it. As you said, they have this launch party and maybe it's good, maybe it isn't good, but uh, then they don't know what to do. Exactly. And the uh, the third reason... I think is because they don't know where to find their the niche market for their site. They don't know where to find their ideal readers, both online and offline. Mm, very important, yes. I like that. I like that a lot. So what are some of your top insider secret strategies to help our listeners on their way to becoming a best-selling author? Well, let's talk about where to find your target market because I don't care what you write about. Your readers are hanging out someplace online and there are many places online. Most authors, I hope, know about Goodreads. It's the world's largest book recommendation and book review site. Goodreads has its own author marketing program with about nine or ten different ways that authors can use Goodreads to market their books. But I think the real place on Goodreads where you're going to find your ideal market are in those thousands and thousands of special interest groups on Goodreads where readers are congregating to talk about issues, to swap recommendations for books to read. And I know Harry Potter alone has hundreds of special interest groups. And I went on there and I've not read any of the hot Harry Potter books because I'm not interested in that. But I went on there just because I was curious to see the kinds of groups that are on there for Harry Potter. Did you know, Susan, that there are groups devoted to 
discussing only one Harry Potter character. Huh. How interesting. Wow. You know, you can't possibly have a niche that's too narrow. And if you do, you know, that's okay. <laughs> People will start to ask you questions about your topic and pay attention to the questions people are asking you because that's a giveaway to things that you can be speaking on, to products that you could be creating, to blog posts you could be writing, to your own special interest groups that you can be creating. So pay attention to your email. So... As, you know, the publicity hound and getting free publicity, what are some of the tricks there? These aren't really tricks. It's just standard things. I think for for both fiction and nonfiction, both, I recommend two things. You become an expert in your topic and you promote your expertise. Don't necessarily promote your book. Because, you know, these days there's an author under every rock. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't have to look far to find authors. Exactly. But there are not experts under every rock. So become an expert. And I'm going to recommend a white paper that you might be familiar with, Susan. Alan Weiss and a group of several other top-level speakers in the National Speakers Association wrote this white paper, I'm going to guess about 12 years ago, and it's called the Expertise Imperative White Paper. So just Google it, the Expertise Imperative White Paper. And it was all about what do speakers have to do to become experts in their field. And they actually outlined the various levels of expertise. And what I thought was so interesting about it was that they pinpointed that expertise is not only about what you know, it's not only about what's in your head, it's about what you do with that expertise. So the next question is, well, I'm a fiction author. How can I possibly become an expert in my field? Sure you can. You can become an expert in whatever the topic is that you are writing about. And here's another tip that I got from Nina Amir. She, I just love this tip. If you're a fiction author and you're finding it difficult to become an expert in the topic you write about, cross over and write a nonfiction book on the same topic. Huh. And that will make it easier for you to pinpoint what expertise is. And also, you know, experts help people solve problems. What are the top problems or dilemmas that people have that you can help them solve? That's the best way to get publicity. Answer questions and give away a lot of free advice. Which is what you're a master at, I know. I mean, as I said, because, you know, every time I see something from you, it's because you're giving free stuff away. And uh, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant strategy. And thank you for reminding me of that expertise imperative white paper because I loved it. Uh, but you're right. It was several years ago and it sort of went off my radar, but you've brought it back on. So thank you. So with regard to free stuff, one of the questions I often get from authors is, they're reluctant to give away free stuff because if they give it away, then nobody's going to you know, buy that book. What's your response to that? <laughs> well, in the first place, 
you need to get over that really quickly <laughs> because your competitors are giving away a ton of stuff. They're giving away a ton of stuff. Susan, you know Tom Antion. He's in the National Speakers Association. Yes. I heard him say once, um, and I think it was at an NSA convention or one of his many webinars, that his book, which I think was called, I think it was called Great Speaking or something like that, he took the entire book and he gave it away at his website, chapter by chapter, a complete breakdown of the book. That the fact that it was at his website produced a ton of sales. Hmm for the hard copy of the book. And I have heard other authors say this too, when they have offered their book at their website that they actually get sales as a result because people are not going to want to sit in front of the computer and necessarily read your book. They may want to go out in the backyard without a tablet in their hands and read it. They want the hard copy. So you have got to give away content. You don't have to give away the whole book, but you can give away free chapters. You can give away bits and pieces. You can give away cheat sheets that tie into the topic. You can give away a checklist. You can give away infographics, a short video series. The list is almost endless. Yeah, it really is. And it's funny because in my book, Riches and Niches, How to Make It Big in a Small Market, I list all of those things that you just read off. I was like, oh my goodness, she's read my book. (laughs) (laughs) Common mistakes. Let's talk about some of the common mistakes. I mean, we've talked about some of them, but what are some other ones Um, that come to mind for you? This is a big one. And that is so many authors are unwilling to build an email list at their website. And by that, I mean, you know, we go to these websites and they entice us with some kind of a digital freebie and we sign in with our name and email address and then they give us the digital freebie. And those people are then on our email list and we can email them hopefully on a regular basis to stay in touch. And there are so many authors who are not willing to do that. And their answer is, I hate spam. Why would I want to join the legion of spammers who the world hates? And my answer is because you're not going to spam. You're going to share with your readers content-rich information on your topic and keep them coming back for more. You're going to follow the 80-20 rule of 80% content and 20% promotion And eventually, some of those people will buy from you. I think they get sort of impatient that they think that if they give something away immediately, somebody's going to buy the book. And if they don't, they get disheartened and then don't want to do any more of it. What's the rule of marketing? You have to get in front of people at least seven times for the message to sink in. Correct. Yeah. Right. And I've I've been doing my newsletter for about 15 years and I started out once a week. Now it's twice a week. I cut it in half and I do it twice a week, every Tuesday and every Saturday. And I have to tell you, Susan, my email list of subscribers, and I actually have two lists, one in a Weber and one in the shopping cart, that those two lists are my most valuable possessions because those are people who I sell to and my super fans these are people who can't stand to live 
without anything <laughs> that you've created. There's a group of super fans within that list. They buy everything. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to do. Those people who have given you their email address have raised their hand and said, Susan, Susan, email me, market to me. And if they get tired of your emails, they click on subscribe and don't get yourself in a tiz over that because it happens. Mm -hmm. That's how to build an audience. Yeah. One of my guests has said, you know, do something every day. Even if it's something small, do something every single day. And, you know, in a week, you've done five to seven things. In a month, what, 20 things that you've done to help market that book. So, uh, yeah, I think they think that they have to do everything all at once. Exactly. And, you know, you could do, I couldn't, I've thought about this. I haven't followed up on it, so shame on me. But I could have done a publicity tip of the day on Twitter. Mm-hmm. To build a loyal following there on Twitter. So you can't do everything, nor should you. And I see these authors, they're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and they are going so narrow on all of these sites. They're only going a half an inch into all these sites and they're barely scratching the surface. I would much rather see you concentrate only on one or two sites and doing them really well. So which ones have worked well for you? Twitter works well for me. Um, LinkedIn has worked okay for me. But nothing works nearly as well for me as email marketing. That is my gold mine. Oh, That's where I make my money in email marketing. And I started a long time ago when it was a lot easier 15 years ago to get people's email addresses than it is today because everybody's worried about spam. But it continues to be my number one marketing tool that puts money in my pocket. And I'll bet you that for most authors, if they did that and if they stuck with it, they would find that that's the case. Interesting. So your email marketing, how often do you email your list? Is it the twice a week yes. with a newsletter? Yes, twice a week. Okay. Every Tuesday afternoon and every Saturday morning. And so I've sort of trained people like little puppies, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, to look for my newsletter on Tuesday afternoon. And if they don't get it by about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I have people emailing me saying, did you publish this week? Interesting. But the trick is you have to be consistent. I'm not recommending you do twice a week. If you could do once a week, that would be fabulous. If you don't want to do once a week, do every other week. But don't do any less than every other week or you're not going to be able to get in front of them enough. So what's interesting as a strategy is that you went from once a week to twice a week, whereas often I hear that it's the other way around, that it gets too much for people to do it, you know, more often that they do it less often, but you've actually doubled what you've done. Well, now remember, I come from a publishing background. I used to be a newspaper editor. So it's a lot easier for me to do this than it is for most people. But you don't have to do a newsletter. Just do a chatty little tip. Mm -hmm. I'm into tips. I mean, I'm always recommending people do tips. Checklists people love, as you recommended. I think they think that they've got to do these blogs and, you know, it's 250, 300 words or more. And it becomes a chore. 
And you don't want it to be. No, you don't want it to be. And you, you need to have it be fun. There needs to be some level of fun in it for you because if you don't do it, it is going to be a torturous, horrible chore that you don't look forward to at all. But you will get results if you are consistent. Don't start a newsletter or the tip of the week and then not publish for six weeks and then come back and wonder how come people are not following you or answering your emails. So in the 15, 17 years you've been doing this, I'm sure you've made one or two mistakes. Would you be willing to share at least one of them? (laughs) How much time do you have? As much as you want to give us. (laughs) Okay. I'll tell you what one of the biggest mistakes is that I made in my business was not starting a podcast sooner. Back about five or six years ago when podcasting started to become hot, I thought it was a flash in the pan and I had no interest whatsoever because I had my newsletter and everything was hunky-dory and I just didn't think podcasting was going to last. And my friend, Judith Bryles, do you know Judith? She's the bookshop. I do, I do, yeah. She gets a quarter of a million downloads a month for her podcast. And I'm right now in the process of um, getting all the ducks in a row to start my podcast, hopefully within the next month or two. And I wish I had done that years ago because podcasting is huge. It has really, really taken off. Yeah, and that's one of the major reasons, too, why I wanted to get into it, because I, too, I just sort of negated it for so long. And then I was like, you know what? I really like this stuff. I want to do it. How long have you been doing it? We've been doing it now a few months. So, and it's a weekly. And the thing is, obviously, to keep it up, to have these interviews on a regular basis, so that there's always a material available. So yes, I mean, the thing, just like the newsletter, is the consistency. So whether I know that there are some people who do this daily, I can't imagine doing it daily, but weekly is very manageable for me. And uh, so I just make sure that every Tuesday, it's out there. Good for you. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. It's a huge commitment because you've got to find guests. And it's just, it's a lot of work, but it pays off. And I'm sure you found that. Well, I'm just overwhelmed with how many people are downloading the podcast. And that tells me that, you know, we've hit a topic that people are interested in. And I've had, you know, the honor of interviewing some amazing people like yourself. And so who are willing to share generously their tips. So let me ask what the best way for our listeners is to find out more about the services you offer, whether they're free or paid. You can go to my website at publicityhound.com. And there's a box in the upper left-hand corner where you can get onto my email list. There's a blog there as one of the navigational buttons. And I have more than 2,000 blog posts, including an entire category for authors and publishers. And that blog alone will keep you busy for months reading about my publicity tips on how to sell more books for fiction or nonfiction. Excellent. Well, I need to go to that one. I didn't even know about that one. And I, you know, perused your website many times and I don't think I found that. So I need to go look for it. Thank you. 
So if you could leave our listeners with a golden nugget of advice, what would that be? Always be marketing. That's short and simple. Yes. (laughs) Always be marketing. And like you said, you don't have to do a major marketing push or thing every single week. Just do one small thing a day and keep at it. Be consistent. It's the author's who market consistently that are selling their books. Wow. What a wonderful note to end on. So, Joan, thank you so much. And listeners, I know that you got a ton of great information. Thank you all for taking precious time out of your day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. So wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book-selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded, so visit bookmarketingmentors.com. And we'll see you again next week.